welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noob. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's just um, uh, uh, close our eyes and let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you that uh, your word is always true. And Father, that, that your word never returns void. It always fulfills that which is sent out to fulfill. Bless your word this morning. Let it do what it's supposed to do today. Father, we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen and amen. If you don't know who I am, my name is Noor, Senior Pastor here. Uh, we are uh, one church in three locations. Uh, please, please uh, also uh, be, keep in mind um, uh, and keep them in your prayers, uh, Pastors uh, Beth and, and Edgar in the Philippines. We want to keep covering them. And, and if you remember to do so, uh, Don and Sue Sutherland. Uh, let's keep uh, lifting them up as well. Well, if you've just joined us this week, we started last Sunday uh, a new series on alignment. Uh, I really felt like the first series for the year is, should be around us aligning our lives with the will and the purpose of the Lord. Uh, that, that deserves an amen, you know, and um, it, it should always be the goal that we align ourselves with whatever God's will is, His perfect, pleasing, and good uh, will. Amen. Good, pleasing, and perfect. That's how it should go. And uh, so last Sunday, we, we launched it, we kicked it off, and I, I kind of talked to you guys about uh, how Paul, the author of this letter to this church, uh, was not the founder of the church but he had a real heart for the church. I mean, you don't have to start something in order to have a heart for it. Amen. Uh, I, I, that's why I love this relationship we have with uh, all the orphanage in Uganda and with the church in the Philippines and with other work that we're planning to do. We don't have to be the ones that initiate it, but we can have a heart for it. And, uh, and, and so Paul had this real heart for the church in, in Colossae uh, and especially when he heard that the church was facing real crisis. They had been launched under uh, Epiphus, and, uh, and Epiphus made his way to Rome to visit Paul or to be where Paul was in, pr in prison and, um, and gave this news that the church, after it had started so well, was, was beginning to uh, face conflict. It was beginning to face tension. Uh, don't, don't put your hand up, but how many face tension this week? You know, how, how many have had a little bit of conflict? Yeah, it's good. You know, we, we, we all go through conflict. We all go through tension at some point in our lives. Uh, actually, if, if you go to a gym, um, you know, like some of us, thank you, uh, you know, you, you, you know that tension is part of the goal. Uh, the greater the tension, the greater the growth. But no one likes too much tension at any one time, right? No one likes too much conflict. But we cannot avoid it. Why? Because it's actually part of growth. It's part of what makes us become stronger in life. Amen. And so when Paul heard about the tension in this church, the tension was around uh, this issue of the newfound faith, which was Christianity, this newfound, newly preached uh, faith, versus the faith that had been established for generations, which was Judaism. And uh, not only that, but Greek mythology was also kind of in there. And so there was this real tension that this new church was being told that in order to worship God and, and purity and, 
And in a right way, in the true gospel, you had to adopt the practices of old. Is anyone understanding where I'm going with this? Yeah. Many of us today, we face similar, similar tensions. If you, you, may, not, you may not know this, but man, we, we face it all the time uh, in, in today's world. And so I'll, I'll unpack that in just a minute. And so that was last Sunday. We just kind of laid down the foundation. Today, I want to take, uh, take us through chapter two. How many of their homework last Sunday? Just, just kind of raise your eyebrows. Don't have to put your hand up, you know. Just give me the, uh, give me the nod. And uh, if you haven't, that's okay. You can go home and catch up. The, the goal is read chapter, one chapter each week, and then you'll be up with the play on where I'm going with the, with the sermon. But today, we, uh, we are looking at Colossians chapter 2. And I want to start this morning by uh, looking at verse uh, 2. And, and this outlines the purpose of, of Paul's letter. It says here, my goal is that, they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. So there are three things that that Paul outlined as the goal of his letter to this church in Colossae. Uh, It was number one, that the church would be encouraged in heart. Now to all you married folk here in this room, let me, let me help you uh, strengthen your marriage. Make sure that there is a lot of encouragement in your relationship. Amen, somebody. Uh, if we, let me tell you. Let me, let, me, let me give you the mystery of men, how the man's brain works. Because I've, 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 I've been a male for a long time now, and so I've kind of figured out what goes on in the male brain. And, and in the male brain, the number one thing they want in the marriage or in a relationship, is encouragement. You've got to tell them how good they're doing. Come on, ladies. You've got to say, honey, you are looking so good today. You are, you are doing so well. I'm so glad. Look the way you lifted that shopping bag out of the boot. I'm so thankful. You know. Are you hearing this? Okay, listen. For the ladies, for the ladies, come on. This is, I know. Men, for your ladies, this is what you do. You just, keep, you just keep whispering those sweet nothings in their ear. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing, I got nothing, I got nothing. No, you just tell them how good they're doing. Come on, guys. It's not that hard. Just, just pick something, anything. You know, and just tell them. Be sincere about it, but just tell them how good they're doing. Come on, for, for parents who've got kids, come on. That qualifies you as a parent if you have kids, you know. And, and, and uh, if you've got kids, come on, encourage your kids. Encourage them. Don't tell them what they're not doing right. Keep telling them what they are doing right. Hey, I love the way you tidied your room this week. I know it was only one time, but it was awesome. The time you did do it, it was awesome. Are you guys hearing this? Paul wanted to encourage people in the heart. You know, this week we were at a cafe uh, with some, <coughs> sorry, my voice goes every now and then when I get excited. And uh, <laughs> uh, we were at a cafe uh, this week meeting with a couple from church. And I felt during the, um, I felt the Lord say to me, pray for the cafe owner 
after the meet, you know, uh, uh, before you leave. So it just happened to be like the end of the end of the um, day. The cafe was just about to close, so it was perfect timing. And so I asked if I could just pray for the cafe owner and the and and um, and his daughter. There happened to be his daughter there working there, and they were new to the cafe business. They, they and and I found out they were actually pastors, former pastors who had left the ministry to to go into business in the cafe, the cafe business, and and so. And so I was, I was just like, oh, man. And so, as, so Tawa and I, we just got around them, and, and, and I said, hey, I just feel like I should pray for you guys. Is that okay? And they were just like uh, so blown away. So we were able to pray for these guys, and, 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 uh, and I said, I'm coming back. You know, I want to help your business, you know. And um, if, if you just give me t- coffee at half price, that will be great. <laughs> you know, I'll help your business. No, um, but just encouragement, Amen. It's not too hard to encourage. Uh, number two, he said, he said I, want to, I want there to be uh, unity and love. That was his goal, to, to, to unite the church in love. The love is the foundation of any church. Love is uh, the, the foundation. It is Christ. Amen. And, and then the third thing, and this is the one I want to major on this morning, and um, is this. It says here, Paul said, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. God wants you to grow to the fullness of maturity. Amen. In this thing we call Christianity. You are not supposed to stay on milk. You are not supposed to live the Christian life just consuming milk. If you understand the analogy, it's a reference to a young child or a baby, an infant, who's fully dependent on their parent, on their mother, for nourishment. You are actually supposed to grow into maturity and, and, and stop and be weaned off milk and begin to take solid food. Amen. That's an analogy that is a reference to having complete understanding about the mysteries of God that's in Christ. God was mysterious to the world, but he was revealed to the church in Christ. Amen. So the full representation of God is found in Christ. Are you guys? Okay. So we're going to go on this journey, and I just want to touch on a couple of things here today in reference to Colossians chapter 2. Um, It says here in verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. See to it that no one takes you captive through the hollow and deceptive philosophy. Let me just pause there for a minute. I want to remind us, I want to say to us all, God is wanting to reveal himself to you in a powerful way. You are supposed to have fresh revelations of God in your life. Amen. The first revelation you would have got of God was that that there was a revelation of Christ and that you could have a relationship with Christ. That would have been one of the first revelations. I, I, I grew up in the church. 
I was born into the Presbyterian church. Amen to all the Presbyterians in the room. Uh, I went to Boys Brigade. I could I could have gone all the way and, and got the Queen's badge, but I, I was I kind of went wayward at 13. But that's another story for another time. And and uh, but I, I grew up in the Presbyterian church, but not once. In my time there, did anyone say to me that, hey, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? I discovered that outside the church. When some friends of mine said, hey, I want to I take you to this Bible study group. And it was there that I was um, exposed and introduced to people who had a personal relationship. And it was like this new thing. The, the light went on and I went, wow, I want what they've got. They've got something I don't have. Does anybody kind of had that conversation in their brain at some point in your life? That's the first revelation. It, is, it, it may not be the case for everybody, but there, at some point you will get a revelation of Christ uh, and that, that you can have a personal relationship with Him. And so, but for many, for all of us, we're supposed to have this thing called fresh revelations. Um, um, uh, Fergus McIntyre, Prophet Fergus, he would always say that where there's revelation, there's power. When you get a fresh revelation, you get power that comes along with that. When you realize that you can actually lay hands on the sick and see them healed, that you become powerful. We, when you start to get a revelation that you, you have purpose, you have a plan, you become powerful. When you get a revelation that the word is actually true, it's, it's not just a whole bunch of jumbled up words that were accidentally put, put together, but this was God ordained, God breathed, that the Spirit of God uh, guided in the, the hands of the authors uh, over a, the span of a 1,500 years. Uh, um, then, and you get that revelation. That's power in that. Are you guys hearing this this morning? So the first thing, uh, what do we get from, from Colossians 2? The first thing is this. Paul warns us and he says, um, see to it that you, no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. There is false doctrine in the world that existed in, in Paul's time that is still prevalent in our world today. Amen. There is, if there is such a thing as a true gospel, then there also, as a counter to that, must be a false gospel. There, there must be, just, just because it's two sides of the same coin, it, it just makes logical sense. That, so there, if there's true doctrine, there must also be false doctrine. And so what does false doctrine do in our lives? Number one, it takes you captive. Verse 8, it takes you captive through hollow and deceptive thought. It's a trap. False doctrine is a trap. It's like a net that will snare you. It's like a, it's like a trap or, a, or a, that will snare you, that will leave you in bondage, that will imprison you. And so Paul is saying, beware of the, of, of the, um, that this does not take you captive. Number two, it says here that the false doctrine is hollow and deceptive. False things... Oh, counterfeit, let me say, counterfeit things uh, are never as good as the, as the authentic one. Amen. I went shopping uh, in the Philippines numerous times, and you go to the markets. I love a good market, right? But I bought all the um, basketball shirts in there, the, the singlets. I mean, it, had, it, was like, it was like LeBron James. It was like all the big names, you know, and I bought the singlet, and I was so proud of it. It was like Lakers. 
James. And, and I wore it for like a week. And then after that, I put it in the wash. It came out and it was all falling apart. I know you're laughing, but you know that's true, right? Uh, because we've all done it at some point. You know, you buy those online things and it looks better on the image than it is in real life. And you just go and you make a little note com- complaining, you know. And, uh, and so nothing, the, the, the counterfeit is never as good as the genuine thing. False doctrine is counterfeit. It is hollow. It, it sounds good. It sounds right. It sounds true. But when you just scratch a little bit deeper, you begin to realize there's actually no substance to what's being communicated. Are you guys hearing this? Um, we've got to also remember the deception of, of false doctrine comes from the enemy who's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan, the devil, he is the father of lies. His number one job is to trip up, to... Um, to um, um, deceive as many Christians as possible, to disrupt or destroy as many in the church as possible uh, and and send them to a Christless uh, eternity. Are you hearing this this morning? Is this too heavy for 11 o'clock in the morning? Some of you haven't had your wheat big, so this is like, too deep, this is too deep. But I want to remind you guys of this. This is the truth. The truth is that false doctrine presents itself as something that looks real, but just go a little bit deeper. It's hollow and it's deceptive and its originator is the enemy. Um, it, Paul also goes on and he says, um, philosophy, he talks about philosophy which depends on human tradition. This is like religion that has been, human religion that has been established uh, not by a deity, but by people. Amen. Now, for all of us here this morning, we understand that Christianity is a monotheistic religion. Mono meaning single, uh, and theist meaning God. So we, we, there's a single God. We believe in a single God. Uh, we're not the only ones. There are two others in this camp. There's Judaism, and then there's Islam. Outside of that, there are others that believe in a polytheism, which is multi-gods, more than one. The Greeks, mythology, they believed in multi-gods. There's also such a thing as pantheism. Pantheism is the belief that God is actually in everything, that God is in the universe. It's not just the God of the universe, he's the God in the universe. Does that make sense? He's like, he's in things. And whatever the universe is, that's, that's God. And there are also these other things. These other religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, uh, Baha'i, there are all these things, and they become, Paul says, watch out for those things. Because that too is false doctrine. Amen. And and he says, uh, uh, you've got to be careful of those things. Don't expose yourself to human traditions. The last thing that he warns us about uh, is this elemental spiritual forces of the world? What does that mean? Elemental, where's that scripture? Let's just leave that scripture up for a minute. Colossians 8, uh, 2, verse 8. Elemental forces of this world means anything that draws us away from Christ. Anything that draws us away from Christ. There is a word called isms. 
Everyone say that with me. Isms. Isms. It's a good name for your son. You know, ism. You know, uh, ism means distinctive practice or system or philosophy, typically a political ideology or an artistic movement. There are isms in the world today that are prevalent in the world that are actually uh, drawing people away from Christ. Uh, Let me me give you an example. Racism. Sexism. Uh, So many other types of isms that are drawing people away. Why? Because people are getting distracted by these things. There are causes that we're supposed to be militating for. There are causes in the world. There are, there are things that we're supposed to be upset about. The world tells us that we're supposed to be upset about and, and, and these are unjust. Now, I know racism is unjust. Amen. And we're called to love, you know, uh, love one another. You know, there's a wonderful song I learned as a kid. Jesus loves the little children. You guys know that one? Okay. I should stop singing. Anyway. Um, but there are isms that are drawing us away from Christ. These are the prevailing issues of the day. Let me tell you, if you're not centered on Christ, you're going to get distracted. You're going to get lured away by false doctrine. Are you hearing this this morning? And if you, if you argue and say, well, that's not possible, it'll never happen to me, huh? I've seen it. I mean, uh, you know, point in case, COVID. COVID-19 almost divided the whole church. Well, we were literally divided, eh, from the mask and the unmasked, the vax and the unvax. But it almost put a rift in the church that the church was not going to recover from. I've seen churches that, be, that were militating. Oh, we, we don't believe in the vax because it's of the, you know, that guy. Oh, I don't want to wear a mask. Masks don't work, you know. And then you got the guys on the other side. Oh, everyone should wear a mask. Everyone should get vaxxed. You know, even get 20,000 shots. Everybody should get 20,000 shots. You know? And, and, and here's, here's us in the middle going, well, where do you go? I'm not sure which way to go. Are you guys hearing this? I know it sounds, it sounds a little bit weird and and, and confusing, but this is subtle. These are things that subtly creep into the church that can cause huge rift and division of the church if we're not careful. That's why Paul was always emphasizing, hey, guys, keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. Don't focus, don't focus on the prevailing issue of the day. Let me tell you something. Just stand in one spot for long enough, there'll be another issue that'll come along. And that will become the big issue of the day. And then if you wait there long enough again, you know, there'll be another one, and then there'll be another one after that. You know, I've lived life a little bit long. You know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm over 30 now. That wasn't a lie. I am over 30. So I've been around a bit, and I've seen these things. They come, they go. But, but the gospel should never change. Amen. The church should never change in spite of what goes on in society, in the world, whatever prevailing issue. Oh, no, what's Elam's position on this? Oh, no, what's Elam's position on that? You know what my position is? You know, just focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. 
Because at the end of the day, your cause or your issue or that thing you think is important is not going to get you through those gates. The only thing that's going to get you through those gates is if you know the name of Jesus. He's written on your heart. He's written on your mind. And you've confessed that Jesus is Lord. That's the only way into that gate. So this is what Paul was all about. He was saying, man, come on, guys. Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't be deceived. Don't be lured. There'll be, there'll be voices. Trust me. There'll be voices this coming week. They'll tell you, oh, true Christianity has got to look like this. Oh, you guys are not doing enough of this. Or you're not doing enough of that. Or you're not doing, a, you know, you know well, we're never doing enough. No one ever says, oh, man, you're doing so much. It's always, no, you're not doing enough. Are you guys hearing this this morning? I'm having a bit of a gripe session as I'm sharing with you. <laughs> you can sense the... This is what Joshua, it's written in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will prosper, be prosperous and successful. You want to live a prosperous and successful life? Keep this word in front of you. It does not change. People change. Churches might change. But this doesn't change. Amen. Styles change. Fans change. You know, Hillsong was the song. You know, it was like we, we only did Hillsong. In my day, it was Ron Cannoli. Amen for Ron Cannoli. Anybody else know Ron Cannoli songs? Who wants to see those come back? Lift him up. This, okay. Don't get me started on Fred Hammond because then we'll never sit down. Anyway, what was I saying? I have no idea. No, the Word of God never changes. Are you guys with me this morning? We're out of time. We're going we're gonna to finish this morning by doing what Paul said to do. And let's be united in love. We're going to share communion together. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.